Welcome to the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one show to bring you all things Club America and English. Your hosts for today are Ivan Pineda, Cristian Rosendo, Alexis Juarez, and everyone's favorite cowboy, Dylan Jimenez. Now let's hit the field and start the show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the Eagle Eye Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking all things Lady Aguilas today. We're going to be recapping that 2-1 defeat against Atlas Femenil, and we'll talk a little bit more about that game and as to why we feel nothing but pain after that. And then, of course, we got all the latest news in regards to injury updates, everything going on in and around the world of Guapa for our ladies. And we'll give you guys a preview for the upcoming match against FC Juarez on Monday. Before I go any further today, let me introduce my co-host for today it is none other than brooklyn's very own aj aj my friend how are you um doing good despite you know the painful defeat to um atlas i've been pretty good i got to drive in my car for like the first time in a while took my mom and dad to go get some tacos and tacos were great so i'm in a good mood awesome awesome well glad that you were able to go out for a little bit of a joy ride Got to clear your head, got to get some good fuel, and ready to talk all things Lady Aguilas here. All right, AJ, might as well just jump into it right away and peel this off just like a Band-Aid. Talk about America Family going up against Atlas. We were very hopeful of this game coming into this one, although we knew we had a bit of an injury. We knew Atlas also had some players that they were going to be missing, so this was the perfect opportunity to stamp some authority in the beginning of the season. But... As the result has it, America does not end up getting all three points. Whilst we did have a very good first half, it seems that the second half was just a total misconception of what the first one was. And then, of course, because of it, well, look at where we are right now, AJ. Winless, win 2021. What went wrong for the ladies? Talk to me a little bit more about this game as a whole. And we'll dive deep into kind of the, you know, the more peculiar things that happened throughout that match. Like that terrible, terrible chip that uh, eventually ends up beating Renata Maserelli from 45 yards out. I'll have a little bit more to talk about in that aspect. But AJ, talk to me as a whole, this game, what went wrong for America? It's just the fact that we just don't have a system. Just I'm not understanding what's going on. It's like when you're missing that one crucial player in the lineup, everyone's just who's as to what to do. It's like, when are we supposed to shoot? When are we supposed to pass? When should we challenge someone on a one-on-one? Just I'm not understanding. The first half actually went well for America Feminine. They were being really dominant on the ball, but the problem was they just could not get any shot or create any chances just going forward. It seemed like when we did get the ball, it's either we sent the ball way too far, our players take a second to think, should I shoot the ball? Or when they do shoot the ball, it goes way off target, not even going anywhere near the goalkeeper. Second half, just not the greatest from America Feminine. And I want to say it could be one of the games from this season. Despite it only being the first game, they want to forget about immediately because in the 56th minute, um, Gascoigne did extend her um, hand out which ended up becoming a penalty, clearly. Addison Gonzalez of Atlas Feminine, she easily slots it home into the back of the net, puts it 1-0 for her team. But in the 67th minute, we did get a set-piece for us. Janine Farias gives an amazing long pass for Daniel Espinosa, in which connected with Daniel Espinosa's head, puts the ball into the back of the net and makes it 1-1. Things are looking good right there as we tied the game, game back in then just two minutes later. Saw that 
golden opportunity. The gates opened right up for her and just said, I'm going to shoot this ball and see what happens. And the next thing you know, that ball was like a rainbow just going over Mascheri's head and into the back of the net, making it 2-1. We couldn't hold on to the lead for more than that. And then that would just end like that for the rest of the game, just 2-1. In the second half, we made some substitutions as well, but we just see a lot of players swap positions, which I'm just confused to why Claire started something in the first place and then the second just immediately changed everything. I just feel like players are just all over the place. You know what? The most frustrating thing about this game is that I think it feels like, for Cuellar at least, this was more of a preseason match rather than the first game of the season. I don't know if you get that kind of vibe, AJ. Yeah, no, I get that kind of vibe. It's it's the thing I like, I constantly mention in the chat. It's like Leonardo Cuellar's playing musical chairs with these players. He's like, I'm going to just put this player here, put this player there, that player there. I'm going to see what happens. And when you clearly see it's not working out, it's like, can we get serious just for once and put players in the preferred position? But whereas like in the um, game, he's kind of as if like shrugging off. It's like we're fine at the moment. I'm like, what do you mean fine? I don't think we're fine after that horrible performance against Atlas um, Feminine. But yeah, this felt like a preseason game more than anything. So just the first game of the season. And I think that's the most frustrating thing about it. And I think we'll get into a little bit more of the details of what went wrong for this America side. But it looked like a very promising 45 minutes to begin with. I mean, we had chances. We weren't really taking advantage of them. I think that was a really good opportunity that I remember Jen kind of sky highs a chance in front of goal. Um, A couple opportunities where Danny gets in the box. Isn't really able to get a shot away. Maybe could have been a little less selfish given the pass off. But... Ultimately, there was moments in this match where you thought America had the chance to capitalize. And I think I saw a lot of this on Twitter. Whilst uh, I was trying to watch this game, AJ, I won't lie to you. I was at work. I was trying to do my best to uh, make sure I don't get fired and also keep a tab on the ladies. So it was very difficult, but I was able to keep an eye on in the first 45 minutes. The second uh, 45 were a little bit more difficult. But from what I was seeing, there was some good stuff, good promising stuff um, in regards to the first game, what we saw in the first half. It's just... There needed to be a little bit more of a refinery when it came to, you know, getting that last kind of touch, you know, putting the ball in the back of the net, being a little bit more sharp with your chances. And I think the most frustrating thing about it was that you knew, AJ, you knew in the back of your head, you're like, well, we're not taking these chances. Likely, likely are is that we're going to pay for this in the second half. And more so, we did so. You know, Atlas came, got their opportunity via penalty, took their chance, and America then had to kind of go and, and show a little bit of a fight back, which they did, right? We got the goal back, and, and uh, oh, fortunately, it was very short-lived. And even after we conceded, I thought that we didn't even look like we were trying to get the draw anymore. I think it was just very much a mental aspect of it, and a lot of heads were down, and it felt like a very much defeated America side. It's just unfortunate because it's like, after just one goal, if you... It's just like everyone just stopped playing or just knowing like what was the objective for the game. And that's to win the game, obviously. But it just seemed like heads were it, heads were in the skies, in the clouds. Just they just didn't know what to do after that. And I felt like the teams that we are make, some of them were questionable. We took Jen out for months and that's not mistaken. That's great. But you left in the center midfield spot essentially knowing you just had Ava Gonzalez alter herself, and she's not that kind of Mifir who can create plays. She's more defensive oriented than anything. And in the beginning, our 
on center uh, midfielders were able to cause Enzovar Hernandez. They were all defense. He weren't the screen play. So we were relying on the wings to provide the play for us, which we had some plays. We had some cr- nice crosses coming in from Diana Garcia. We had some plays for Jen, but I feel like Jen at times would just make her way into the midfield and then we're just kind of just left with nothing on the right-hand side in which, and I was seeing in this game as well, Diana Garcia had to make her way to the other side at time, which she can play both positions, but that's kind of frustrating because then players are all over the place and you definitely don't want that. But just, it's making my head scratch like what went wrong. Was it the formation that we started with? Was it the opportunities we weren't taking, which I feel like played a huge factor into this game? Could it be the substitutions like where I make later where everyone was just swapping positions left and right? They just couldn't get themselves situated in time. And by the time that second goal happened, I feel like there was no really for a makeup feminine to get at us, really. It's just like, it's a goal for the draw, but we can't do anything. Like, that's that. It's going to stay locked in 2-1. And that's the result we got at the end. Or maybe it was just everything, AJ. Maybe it was just everything you just mentioned. All of that culminating to a terrible, terrible showcasing in front. I was going to say in front of our fans, but of course, no fans whatsoever. But in 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 front of the America Aguila, poor Aggie had to wa- had to witness all of this in his mm-hmm. own uh, in his own backyard. But uh, I don't know. I, I think the fact that we had no structure, AJ. I mean, you just mentioned it yourself. There was moments in time where Jen was shifting towards the middle. We didn't have really a right midfielder. There wasn't really that cohesiveness within within the midfield. And you kind of felt that, okay, if there's not real understanding there, then how do we pretend to make anything happen up front? And how do we even expect to stop Atlas if there's just lots of gaps in between for them to exploit? And so I think, you know, credit to Atlas. They took their chances and uh, they played a very smart game. Um you know, were they a little fortunate? I do think so, because if America was on, you know, refined in on, on their day, we would have gotten an early goal like we know these ladies love to. Um, this is a whole different game. There's a whole different uh, conversation we're having, AJ. Unfortunately, though, matter of the fact is that, you know, we didn't take those chances. And now we're here sitting about uh, a terrible game that maybe should have gone America's favor if we were a little bit more sharp. But. It's just it's just frustrating, AJ, because I think we came into this season kind of having a sense of, well, we 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 know what we're gonna get out of Cuellar, but maybe he'll surprise us. And surprise, surprise, there is no surprise. You know, it's 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 the same old, same old. Uh, I think me and you were having a little bit of a conversation once the lineups came out, and you know, Jen was on the left, on the right hand side. We thought that was a little bit peculiar. She's not really known for being a winger. I mean, she does have some pace, so I would see why she was able. And she has some, you know, abilities to to dribble around players. So she's more than capable of maybe playing that role. But I don't think that suits her. I think she feels more comfortable within the midfield rather than, you know, drifting wide and touching that uh, uh, the touchline. I, I I don't know, AJ. What, what what do you think? I mean, is this just a poorly planned out game by Coyar? It's a poorly planned out game, no doubt about it. It just seemed like as if he was clueless. And I mentioned before, we don't really have a system. You take Monse Hernandez out of that out of the wing, we have no idea what we're doing on the pitch. That sounds hard, but I feel like that's the honest truth. We don't have a system. We don't know what we're gonna do. Besides, we will get the ball. We go up into the opposition's box or approaching it. It's like, okay, what's next? What we're we doing? There's some miscommunication. I think there was a time where um, Gascoigne, I think, was going to pass the ball to Dani. The ball goes way further than expected. Dani's like having her hands up, like, what pass was that? 
or the same thing if Donald's trying to pass it to Goss. Like, where's that all going at? It's like you're going up there, but without a plan. And it's frustrating because we're just completely, we're clueless to what to do with the ball. When it's not the game of pass the it, go up the wings, cross the ball, hope if it's Donnie or Goss there to just head the ball back into the net. When you don't have that plan, it's like, let's try to figure it out. But that's the problem. You should not be able to figure it out from the first minute. You should already have a game plan set from the get-go for the manager himself. And I feel like Greg just had no clue what to do, which brings us to the point. Musical chairs. There's some players where I'm like, can you stop putting them in there, please? They don't belong there. And some that are, were supposed to play in the position they're supposed to play, they did not perform. Look at Gas Cuevas in that game. I don't really think she had a touch or a shot at any moment in time in that game. I even forgot. It's like, wait, is Donnie the only one up front? I was like, oh, no, there's Scott's up front. She just is unable to do anything. And that's strange because she's originally a forward. She's usually playing as a center type man. The one time we get to see her play as a forward, along with Donnie, nothing happened. It's essentially it was just Donnie was all by herself trying to do everything. And that's really frustrating because... She's given opportunities to score goals, but she, she thinks either way too late to either make the pass or shoot the ball or whatever. It's like, yes, you have the ball, but you need to decide what you got to do with it from the get-go. You have that ball and you're going to shoot it, go for it. Don't, think, don't even think about a second later. about. But I'm, under, I'm, just, I'm just shocked, really, just from Quarian, and just from the team. It's abysmal, honestly. It really is. I think that we didn't. We obviously did not get guys. Betsy played that game. It was Betsy who showed up. I don't know why her name is Betsy in 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 the league registration, but then it's Gas for the rest of like the team. It's it's very confusing, AJ. But Betsy showed up. Cassandra did not. Um, let's hope Cassandra does show up against Juarez. So, um, but yeah, I, I think you mentioned it right. There were some players that had a very subpar. Uh, a match for my liking. Goss is definitely one. I think Dani, even though she gets her goal, maybe should have done more. Uh, are the ghosts of Monterrey still haunting her? That's a question to be asked and to be seen throughout the season. I think she has a she has a lot to kind of make up for in regards to that game. Um, Jen, I didn't feel I, maybe it was a position that she had to play, but I didn't really think she lived up to this game. Um, just really overall, no, no one really had a good game, in my opinion. I mean, not even Renata Mascherelli. And might as well just start here before I ask you as to who actually had a good game. And I have a very peculiar question in regards to that. But what are your thoughts about Renata Mascherelli here, uh, AJ? Are, are these kind of uh, sophomore nerves here? I mean, uh, she had a very good kind of, like, it's not her, technically, it's not her freshman year, but it is kind of, in a sense, her first season in goal. Last season, when we see her step up, and then now she's kind of having to do that second year sophomore. Is she gonna have that kind of like sophomore slump in in a sense, or do you think she'll be able to pick it up? What went wrong in this game for her? I think it's just from that second goal right there because I feel like I don't know if it's something with with America Feminine goalkeeper, but just they just seem to just like to just extend out of the box a bit, like by a couple inches or centimeters. I'm like, no, just stay put. You never know where that ball is going to end up. And you saw I go from Alison Gonzalez. I looked at that and I'm like, she definitely went a bit too far ahead. And I'm like, you should have not have done that. But, it, you know, the peculiar thing about this is that it was foreshadowed earlier in the game. 
Like she, I you even uploaded a a, a gif of uh, the ball hitting the top of the uh, the top of the post. Like it looked like they were trying to get her, and and eventually they ended up uh, they they ended up catching her off guard. It's I don't know if if you ask me, it's one of the most frustrating goals to ever concede, especially from a goalkeeper's perspective. It's like that should not be happening. That is forty five yards out, AJ. 45 yards out. You should not be caught sleeping. And even if you are, my goodness, you better shuffle those feet faster than you've ever shuffled before to get into the position to catch that ball. Man. That is a catching ball. There's no need to dive or extend yourself. It's like, okay, take one, two, three, four steps back. Okay, boom, my ball. But it's more difficult than you think it is because, like, okay. No, AJ, it's not because I play the yes, position. I know what it is. I know it's easy. There's a no. high disadvantage in this league. You got most goalies coming in at 5'3", 5'4", 5'5". Most, go- a lot of goals in this That's why you got to be smarter than they're going that. Top, you know that. They're going top bins. You're not going to see that. That's like not top high. bins, AJ. <laughs> That's going right up top. You could not, not tell if that ball is going over the post. Back and it's all yours. You're, you cannot tell if it's going over the post. It's going to hit the post itself or it's going to literally go right over your head and go in. There's As not a much goalkeeper, you know. You can As touch the ball. You know, AJ. As a goalkeeper, you know. And still. You know these things, AJ. As a goalkeeper, you are taught this. And Macerelli's not been a goalkeeper for two years. No, she's been here. She's been in goal for long enough to understand that, oh, man, I should really not be getting beat 45 yards out. I got to take one, two, three, four steps back. Okay, boom, it's my ball. Dude, there's countless goals. There's like the example, like the one from Aslan Quereto. That ball went top bins. That goal had a high disadvantage. There's nothing you can do. You can get the ball. Yes, that's with one hand. But that ball's going in already because by that time you realize, oh, that's going top bins. You can't not dive for it because you should have been diving way ahead or get yourself positioned. If you're in the very middle of where the goalpost is at, you see that ball in top bins and you don't react just in time, that ball is gone. Even if you can get there, there's been countless times where goalkeepers in this league, they get a touch of the ball, but because that thing is way too up high, there's not much they can do. Yes, I understand you could see that ball for a mile out, but then there's the idea too. If you're caught off position, that's it. You're done for. Even but that's, that's, that's what I'm alluding to, AJ. Positioning was not good for her. Yeah, but that's that, unfortunate. Yes, I know that. That's, that's like that's, that's unfortunate. Her fault. That's her that, fault, though. You dude, can't think you and tell me that's not her fault. Dude, she tried at that point. Yes. Just a centimeter not to say like an inch, but a couple centimeters off. But then she, yes, she tried to get her in the ball. I thought she was actually going to get the little tap to hopefully hit the, make the ball hit that post. But dude, that's like one of the things in this league. Long shots, at this point, see, it's common. You see Golazos in this league layout that coming from like 30 meter or 45 meters out at times just because these players just know where they're going to hit that ball. It's top bins or anywhere high, you know, because they know those goalies are not going to save it. If it's up front, that could have maybe been a different story. I'm sure she's confident enough to just slide the ball and get it. But at that meter out, it's at this rate, I consider in this league, it's a 50-50. You go for a long shot like that, take your chances. That could actually go in. And then sometimes the going the defense have no idea they can't do anything about it. Man. All I'm saying is if I'm the goalkeeper coach and I see that go in, I'm already thinking, okay, what is her punishment going to be for this week? Because that is ridiculous. Yeah, you, you cannot get beat out like that. 
homie, you said to put in JD, and I immediately said, so you want to score, you want to concede as many goals as that. Okay. That's I don't think JD point. makes that mistake. But hey, we're not here to discuss that. We're here to discuss what actually happened. And I mean, it's just unfortunate because, like, I, I tuned in right as Atlas got the ball for that play. And I was like, oh, we leveled this up. We're good. We, we we might have a fighting chance. And then I see her, like, pick her head up. And I was like, what is this girl doing? And then I see her, sh- like, take the wild effort. I was like, nah, there's no way. Like, it's Renata. And then I see, I was like, oh, my God. It went in. You see, if I screenshot that moment where Addison Gonzalez took the shot, you could put it under the, the, the caption, football images that precede unfortunate events. Context, Addison Gonzalez scored from that far out. It's terrible. Point is, it, what I'm saying, AJ, is it can't ever happen again. Can we uh, both agree on that? Uh, yes, just Can we both just agree that our goalkeeper should never be beat out from 45 yards out? I feel like it, yes, and I feel like, but like, no matter what goal you put in this team for Makeup Feminine, it just seems like they have a position probably just cannot stay put, whether it's Heidi Gonzalez, whether it's JD, whether it's Anata Machete, they just seem to be out, and I'm like, no, just stay put. If you stay right there, we're all good. I'm not a professional. I'm not a goalkeeper. I mean, I play just with my friends because no one else ever wants to be the goalkeeper for just having free kicks, but just Someone just stay in that box. Don't go out if you feel like it's not a necessity to. If there's no necessary reason for you to like go up front, you need to clear the ball out. Just all and stay there. They could. I felt like she did stay put. Maybe she just got the top of the ball like she usually does. Do one of her amazing saves and get that ball over the bar, and maybe could have stayed one one at that point. But it is what you know, it is. I think. take. Cecilia Santiago what does up? not concede that goal. Nah, she doesn't. She's I, I honestly would even say she's probably the best goalkeeper America Family has had in their entire club history. Yes, it's been a short time, only what four years, but yes, she's no doubt she's the best goalkeeper to ever play on that team. Especially look where she's at now. She's in Europe. She gets um yeah. play time from time to time, and she proves to why she got that move there. Shout out to Cecilia Santiago, of course. I don't think she listens to us, but just in case she does, shout out to you. I think she could agree with me that uh, there were some position mistakes right there that maybe should have never have happened. But either, regardless of the matter of fact, AJ, it happened. I just want to bring it up because Renata was having such a good season and we had such high hopes for this one. And then, like, it starts off with a little bit of a, a, of a bitter taste, right? Because she gets conceded like that. But who knows? You know, I, I, I do think that she'll start against Juarez and... Uh, I mean, Juarez technically shouldn't have a chance from 45 yards out. But if they do, hopefully she can mend her mistake, right? Mm-hmm. Hopefully she can. Um, let's talk a little bit something about more positive here, AJ. I don't want to dwell too much on the negatives, but what are you, what were your thoughts on uh, Janely Farias? Janely Farias looked really solid. Just I felt like there was a there was a nice addition into the center back into the center back role. She's got experience. She's played in the Liga Nike before. She knows what she has to do. Knows her position. Played for La Selección Nacional for the women's team at, prof- at the professional level. And she's just all right. It feels great. Though, there's still is trying to figure out just who can be our definite starting center back. Like, who can be the duo? And I feel like the answer I have in the top of my head, it's going to be Janine Farias and Justin Orhead. They got their both center backs. Good friends on and off the pitch. They got the communication, the, all the good vibes. And Farias did great. And look at the, what she did. For, and 
long cross that Daniela Espinosa. She heads home. That's her first assist in the season. And she gave Daniela Espinosa her first goal of the season, too. We get to see more plays like that from Daniela Farias. She, no doubt, one of, I'd say one of the best center backs in the league at this point because you're playing for a top team as well. She continues uh, having performances like that. Be a great signing. And I think it's an interesting to note here that the two goals that we can see are in no way that defense is fault, right? I Which, mean, obviously, that's the actually penalty surprising. Yeah, this is obviously the penalty that's conceded is because of you know the handball, and then uh, obviously the ridiculous forty-five yard out pass that again we won't get into it. But none, none, none of them are to be faulted either for uh, uh, for for either the center backs that played right. So I think it's a positive note on Farias. It's like, hey, you got an assist, you had some pretty good showcasing, and the goals weren't because of your department. So, looking pretty promising. Looking pretty promising. Not to say that we're happy that, you know, for whatever reason, we're trying to paint it in a different way. We're not. But it's promising to see that Farias is uh, is coming in pretty good. And now, you like you mentioned, AJ, question is, how are they going to look in regards to her alongside Jocelyn Orejel? It will be interesting. It definitely will be. What uh, You have more news in regards to Jocelyn later on in the episode. That'd be an interesting thing to know. But AJ, anything else that we need to dissect from this game that we haven't done so already? Um, just some stats to just go over just to see like how America were kind of at a disadvantage despite them looking good in the first half. Um, they only had three shots this entire game with the one goal coming from Danny Espinosa from Danny Espinosa. Only 30% possession and three corners. At the same on the hand, they had four shots. They had two goals, 62% possession and one corner. At best, they just beat the most out of their opportunities, really. They were being smart. America, on the other hand, while we should have had more shots than Tara, but just it's either we gave a through ball way too far ahead or we just thought too soon or we just thought way too late on whether we want to take the shot or not. So that was just some stats right there. And I want to give credit to um, Diana Garcia, who made her debut, who made her debut for America Femini. And I'd say she was one of the, I'd say if we had to talk about some of the um, a play that did well, my opinion, it had to go for her. For being just um, one of the new players in this team, she did everything she had to do. She provided some crosses. She drew a couple of fouls to get her team um, to get her team um, set pieces. Really good. So, all right, not bad. I mean, overall, at the end of the day, it's uh, not the start that we want, but it's not to say that it's the end of the world. It's the first game, and as true America fans, I think everyone likes to overreact and say that this is the worst start ever, and. You know, we got to change everything, which I do think that it might be a time for a new manager. But again, we're not going to get into that discussion right now because the results don't really point in that direction just yet. Hopefully they never do, AJ. Hopefully he's able to turn it around and hopefully this is the only game we ever lose in the season, right? I mean, optimistic we can be, right? Realistic is really what we have to be at the end of the day. But got to look over the horizon and say there's still there's a still pretty good, decent chance that we're going to finish off pretty well. Question mm-hmm. is... Does Coyote have the ability to make this team do that? And will the players respond? And will we ever get a system? I, I don't think we will. I, I just I think we're just gonna go out there blindly every game. Um and yeah, it's it's like playing Russian roulette, but soccer edition. <laughs> you know? And this time the first game is the first, very first game when we had the bullet. So not uh not a promising start, but it should be better. Hopefully, should get better, right? We have Juarez. No discredit to them, but at home, 
you look at the, both uh, both of the squads and you're saying, okay, America should win this. Will they? Please. We'll talk about that in just a second. But all right, AJ, talk to me more about uh, news in regards in the world of Guap. I know you have some injury updates. You have just some Jocelyn Orihel news. What's up in uh, the world of Jocelyn Orihel? Uh, anything else in regards to these ladies? Please let us know everything going on. Mm-hmm. So first things off, um, Justin Orhead, she did um get discharged from her surgery on her left toe, so she's expected to be back two to three weeks. So we've been missing her for a couple games. Um, Vero Perez, I did not mention this from the last um episode. It was back in January when Adriana Teresa she, um told me from a press conference where um had that Vero Perez that she's slowly getting back into the rhythm into the rhythm of things with the team in training. So expected to be back in at least three weeks. But since that news was from January 7th, it's already been past the week. So by at least two weeks, she should be integrated into training again and get all the team. Uh, Jimena Rios, considering that Cuellar didn't mention there were three players that are injured, I assume she'd still be one because considering she um, Jimena Rios was nowhere to be seen on the bench, I'd like to assume in about maybe two weeks or so, she should get um things back going or maybe in a week. Who knows? Um, some good news is um, Mayra Pelayo and Daniela Frost are now registered on the team's website. So expected to see um, make their debuts, who knows, against FC Juarez most likely, or they could be on the bench, which is um, good things to see. Though players are still missing, like um, Fernanda Pina. She's still not registered on the team yet because she's trying to get the visa and all that. So by then, maybe by next week or so, you can get th- things rolling with um, with the new reforces that we make to the team. And just one player is still out then. But we have this player is in particular, so they're still they are asymptomatic, but showing all kind of symptoms, but just being um watched as all the time is going um, on. Okay, nice of an update right there. So you're telling me that uh, Danny Flo is uh, what she was referred to over here in LA is uh, good to go then for Juarez. Looks like it. She's registered, and you know she does. Can't wait to see her play. She's going to be the play to stand out, not only because of her of her amazing blue hair, which I love from the get-go. It's like, I dig it. I like it. But her goal-scoring abilities, because she I did remember looking up some website where she had um some stats, I think, from high school. I'm pretty sure it was her. She had good stats. I know that's high school, but hey, that could be a things to come for her playing as a forward. Can't wait to see her play. Remember, she did also... Um, went to the um, United States Women National Team training camps. I think it was for the U17, I think it was, or U18. So that's some good things to see right there, too. So can't wait to see her get on the pitch, score some goals. Definitely. And she's loving every second at America. You follow her on social media and her stories. It's always like, you know, living the dream and this and that. She really loves being at America. Well, at least in the meantime, right? I think uh, she hasn't experienced Goyard to the fullest yet. Maybe she'll be. Oh, after a season, I hope not. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, she's 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 looking like a very promising player. I mean, I I spoke to someone who um, uh, who kind of you know has not personally seen her all the time, but has heard good stuff about her as well. Um, seems to be a very good impact sub. Will she be that for Amerika, or will she be able to cement herself as a starting player? We'll have to wait and see. But yes. Uh, if you guys don't know who she is, we will soon, very, very soon, because she's the she's the girl with the blue hair, which I think, like <laughs> you mentioned, AJ is awesome, and it's going to make our life so much easier trying to figure out where she is on the pitch. Makes so. it easier for me, so in case I have to watch some bootleg stream and it's so blurry, if I see something in a blue, it's like, okay, that's, a, that's Danny Flo. I know who that is. Easy. 
Easy, easy, easy. <laughs> All right. Well, good to know, AJ. Well, that pretty much wraps up the news in regards to the world of Club America Feminine in and around Coapa. Some injury updates, of course. We're still going to be missing a couple of players for the upcoming matches against Juarez and after that as well. Um, but it, it looks promising afterwards, AJ. If we can keep a healthy squad after that, I think we should be in a promising position. Yep, no doubt about it. It's nice because Square didn't mention in a press conference as well that we're kind of set back like a week at least because due to COVID and injuries. But that's some good things to hear. He's saying like we're at a disadvantage simply because of this. No other reason whatsoever. So that's good. So it feels like so while I'm hearing from this, once we get all of our players back, we'll be back to the same team we're competing, going for wins, and showing um to league why they should fear us. Hopefully that's true. Hopefully that's true. All right, and then AJ, well, we got one last thing to do before we wrap up the show, and that is previewing the game against FC Juarez. This should be an interesting one, but before we do so, I do want to remind people that today's episode is brought to you by Foot Cult. If you guys haven't done so, make sure you guys go check Foot Cult out at footcult.com. They have some amazing stuff. They have some amazing gear, and they have some cool Ego Eye podcast uh, training tops that you guys can purchase. So if you guys haven't done so already, make sure you guys get yourselves one. Um, again, if you guys like any of the stuff, any of their product, you guys can use discount code EEP at checkout to get 10% off. Again, that is discount code EEP at checkout to get 10% off. And uh, you guys can be part of the cult. I know that sounds a little bit sketchy, but trust me, this is the one culture would be part of. Okay, so uh, yeah, make sure you guys go use discount code EEP at checkout. And then uh, if you guys have a screenshot or maybe send us a DM of your receipt, we are going to be entering you guys in something really special for this end of the year uh, that we have in store planned for something that is going to be solely dedicated for the listeners, for the viewers, and it should be something interesting. So if you are making yourself a part of the cult, then you are edging yourself closer to being part of that. Again, thank you so much for your support, and thank you again to our sponsors, Foot Cult, for this opportunity. All right, AJ, let's talk and preview America versus Juarez Monday well, I was going to say Monday night, but no, of course. Monday in the afternoon again, right after my lunch. Uh, America Family is going to be playing against FC Juarez. Another game that is going to be broadcasted live via N here in the States. So you guys can catch that game. If for whatever reason, you guys are going to be available in front of your TVs at this time. Then that's great. That game is going to be at 1.45 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 4.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and everyone in the Central uh, in the Central Standard Time, that is going to be at 3.45 for all of you. AJ! Is this the game that finally mends the mistakes of past against Atlas and puts us in the right direction? Yes, no doubt about it. We're going into this game. We're going into this game three for three so far. We have never lost FC Quas. We've won in all three occasions. Though the last time we did meet against FC Quas, we've only won one zero. And as well, FC Quas looked kind of scary in that game too. Giving gave, we gave them more opportunities than they were supposed to get especially from the talk from Hugo Ruiz, who was the manager at that time due to Cuellar being out due to COVID. He did say that we were giving them way more opportunities than we're supposed to. But considering, you know, we got Cuellar back at the helm and to get FC Guas playing them for the fourth time, it should be a whole complete new ballgame. And considering how FC Guas are not looking so hot into the sink after coming to a 2-0 defeat against Gilles Feminid, who FC Guas had a 21% possession rate, this should be some good news for us, and this should be the way for us to get back into the groove of things. The most we ever scored against the team was three goals, and that was the same game where not the measure rate started in that game. So this should, this should, this is some good stats coming into this match. This has to be the game where we just score an early goal and the floodgates open, and we're talking about like a five to like 
eight nil result, right? That's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to allude to, AJ. I would love that. We did that to Mazatlan Necaxa next season. FC Juarez can be the next victim. Let's go. I'm all for that. Again, no discredit to any uh, FC Juarez fans out there or any of their players that they have, but I think this is definitely got to be a showcase of America and America only. You're at your house. I mean, you just came off a pretty poor result against Atlas, and you didn't have the best showcasing. So if you're you know, looking to kind of take that little Espinita off, then this is the perfect opportunity. You can kind of amend for all your errors in the previous game in this one. I'm looking at you, Dani Espinosa, specifically at you. I'm thinking that this is a game where if she can bag herself one, two, hey, maybe even three goals, then maybe we're looking at this game as, okay, this isn't looking so bad. We're looking a little bit better. Maybe we did have a little bit of the jitters in the first game. Um, I, I don't know. I'm curious. First of all, I want to know what starting 11 are we going to have, AJ? I know we say we don't have a style, but do we at least have a formation? Mm-hmm. So what I'm expecting is Squares is going to go back to that 4-4-2 this time, and I got... As we're starting goalkeeper at the Mascherelli, our back force piece consists of Selena Valera, Anagavi, Janine Farias, and Monica Rodriguez. Our midfields can be consisted of on the left mid side, Diana Garcia. Our two ECMs are going to be Eva Gonzalez and Jen Munoz. Our right midfielder, I'm going to actually have Mara Pelayo making her um, debut into this match. And then our two forwards, I'm going to give it to Dani Espinosa and Dalia Molina for this game. Dalia Molina getting the start. I know you're uh, you're a big fan. I know I am as well. So hopefully she comes in and does some really good stuff. Uh, but no, uh, no Monse and Hernandez. Um, I simply put that just because you know last game she did have to sub in in the second half, so that makes me think I don't think she's fully prepared to start just yet. Because you know last season she did happen to pick up an injury, which did not see her start as many games. Well, she did get starts, but she wasn't last the full 90. She'd get subbed out within the 60 or the 70th minute mark. So I guess, you know, it's again a team like FC Cross, but like no discredit to them. Anything can happen in this game. I feel like if things are not having to work out on the left, on the left hand side of the field, just stop Munson right in, get some, get some crosses going in and see what we can do from there. So yeah. And if you saw, as I mentioned, there's no cost quest. I feel like the game she had against Atlas I think it's one of those things like let's give her a break. It's fine. It's her first time playing in that in the striker position in quite some time since you've been playing at the CM the entire time. Just in case, you know, if we need that, if we need that power off of the bench to get some goal scoring or just a play just capable of getting on one-on-ones, you can put Cascoas in at any point. So I feel like give them a deserved rest. It's only the second game of the season. There's no rush. We don't need to go all out on the team just yet. I would much rather they bring in Danny Flores. I could see that actually happening too. Give give the um players who recently got registered um a debut. Who knows? Maybe we won't see that. Maybe we could probably see um Danny Flores um go right in there. Yes, give Miss Blue Hair the shot, or is it teal? I'm not too sure. But I, mean, I contemplate that actually. I was like thinking, is it blue? Is it teal? Is it this different shade of blue? It's like I'm trying to figure out just so no one doesn't like call me like, no, that's wrong. It's this color. It's like okay, I got you. I yeah, the aqua shade number three. I, I, <laughs> I don't know, to be honest. Really, only she would know. Um, but I, I think we have a pretty good formation here. I think we have a pretty good lineup. What are we going to play at, AJ? I have no idea. I think the I don't even think the players know at this point. I think that's the real frustrating thing about it is you can't send 11 players out there and just be like, hey, all right, well, then uh, good luck, and I'll be on the bench. <laughs> like that that can't be the message, right? Because I feel like that's the message sometimes. I feel like Wayad has an understanding of what he wants to do. 
But does he really know how to convey it onto his players? Is my question. So, like, here's the thing. Like, respect to Cuellar. This man's like the father of women's soccer in Mexico. Because he, he's been into this for a long time. I talked about this with Amy before. We had a thing. And we were just discussing it about, like, the thing with Cuellar. It's like, he knows what he's doing. But it feels like it's just there's, like, poor execution out on the pitch. On paper, you're like, this looks great. When we see on the pitch, it's like, what's going on? Like, why can we not get nothing going? And then she mentioned a point which does kind of warn me. It's like, America Feminine, it's early in the season, I know. But I feel like it could get at a point where this will be known as a team. You can get into the Ligia, but you're not going to get past the quarter or the semifinal part. Just like in the Lewis of Pumas Feminine, where it's like, they get into the playoffs consistently, but they could just never make it out of that first round every time. And that's the thing that worries me. Like, Oh, you have a coach like Cuellar who knows a lot about women's soccer in Mexico. He's been through a lot. He's coached at many different levels in the Mexico women's national team and many different players. He knows what these players are capable of. But I just feel like it's the case as like the term, my favorite turn to use them. It's musical chairs. He just puts players in different positions where it's like, that's not their position. Don't do that. He might know more than me. Maybe he's seen them train in these different positions where they have scrimmages on practice and everyone's playing in different positions. It's good because in the game of women's soccer, a lot of players are actually flexible in various positions. Like an example at Sky Blue, um, uh, Mitch Purse, she's originally like a winger and a forward, but she's capable of playing as a right back. And there's other instances where you would see a striker in women's soccer. They could be even good at their height. It could be like 5'9". Five, five, you would see them being slot as a left back just because of the height advantage, which that's good to have. But then it feels like if you cannot translate the skills you have on the pitch into different positions, it's just simply don't put them there. Then get someone that knows how to play that position. We saw that at halftime in the game against Atas. We saw Zulma Hernandez out as center defensive mid for Monica Rodriguez, who's a right back. Moni went right back. We pushed Selene Valera out of right back and put her as a left back. We had Hana, who was playing as our left back. We just pushed up in midfield. And then we move Jen into mid, and then we move Jen to midfield. It's like this is what should have been done in the first place. I'm not. That's the thing that worries you with Koyari. The players can look great on paper when you hear their name, but when you're seeing like example like Dani Espinosa playing as a winger, it's like no, 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 don't do that. She doesn't play it like the Marlene Campa situation that we talked about a lot last season. She's a forward, and where would she put out a lot in midfield? And look how that turned up. And look where she's at now in Pumas. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not talk about her. She left. Um. <laughs> that was pain when I saw that. But, I mean, I don't know, AJ. Should we, Okay, let me flip it on its head and ask you this. Is it the players? Is it the players who just don't grasp the concept and can't really execute it? Or is it really Cuellar not being able to convey the message across clearly for the players to be able to do it? Like, I, I don't know. I feel like there's a, somewhere in the middle, something's not connecting. Something's not clicking. So either, I'm not saying only one party's at fault. I think both of them are. But I don't know. I obviously would fall more on the manager because I think it is his job to make sure that the message mm-hmm. does come across very clearly. But you're right. This is a man who pioneered the game and who understands kind of, 
you know, what these ladies have to do in order to go out there and get a good result. I just, I don't know. I feel like something's not right here. And it got to get fixed because if it doesn't, then I don't even know if playoffs, making the playoffs is going to be enough to to keep them at, at America. It's frustrating because there was a lot of talks, especially after the embarrassing defeat to Rayas in the Ligue and was like out and he's still here. And I feel like it's the final straw for him. He has, yes. it's pretty much, it's like you get one more strike that say you're gone. But then it's in the entire conversation, who are we going to br- who are going to bring in into the hell to match a makeup feminine? And yeah. then I'm like, and then I want to go back, <laughs> man, look, I'm afraid. And I feel like it can happen. I said as a joke, but I'm afraid it's going to happen. When Cuerra gets sacked, every, every fan of the Mexico is actually does not like his son there because this man like, father, like, son plays musical chairs and puts players in so many various positions. I'm afraid we're going to get Christopher Coyar. And I'm like, oh, no, here we go again. I'm like, it's, it's oh, as if he never left. I see, I've seen games for the Mexico national team play with, with his son there. And I'm like, what are you doing with these players? Like, stop putting them in positions they're not supposed to be in. Man, it's, it's just frustrating. And when you break to that car, it's like, whose fault is it? I want to say it's both part, but at the same time, you're the manager. You got the game yeah. plans. You got the tactics. You're telling your players around the pit from the very first instance, the whistle's blowing, the ball is rolling. Get to work. You know what you need to do. I will call out if there are some mistakes there where it's like you're extending way too far. Back up a bit. If you could definitely get the ball, slide out, son, go for it. Don't be scared. If there's an sh- open shot, he's, I mean, you can just tell the player, take the shot. Don't think a second about it sooner, but just. It's difficult because I feel like every single game, it's like, what is he going to do? What are the players going to do? And I, and I, it's only the first game of the season that gets fans more where it's like, can we do well for the rest of the season? It's too early to call. But it gets a lot of people working saying, we've been through Coyera since the very beginning, since his league first started, what the Copa makes feminine. Everyone's like, this man needs to go. And then he ended up winning us a title in 2018. They're like, okay, we all love him. After the scene when we fail a win towel, let's get him out again. It's rough. And it's tough for him because I look at him, it's like he knows his stuff, but it's like, what's going on? Why are we not doing as well as, as we're supposed to be? And I think with the squad that we have in this league, it should be competing up there. I think we should be getting into finals and competing against a team from, from, the, from the Regio. And it's not the case. It is not, and that's the frustrating thing about it. And look, I think we've gone into a pretty far enough tangent that we probably shouldn't have gone too far into. But it is it, it is a discussion to have later on during the season, and I think we are going to keep a close eye on Coyote and what he does tactically or what he lacks of doing tactically with these players. And maybe look at some of these players and think, are they of the caliber of America Feminine? I think it's uh, it, it, it's going to have to look both ways, but of course a lot of the attention is going to be on Coyote because he does have to transmit all of that information and make sure his players understand. But uh, let's go talk a little bit more about this game and kind of maybe look at aspects of where America can hurt Juarez. We know that we're very good on the ball and uh, against a side like FC Juarez, I do believe we would hold more of the ball possession. What do you think needs to happen on the pitch for America for to not just get that open, uh, not, excuse me, not just to get that early goal, but to get, you know, a, a thrashing of a game. It's just the idea. Just, you need to just attack from the get go. We've seen countless times again where we played against Negaxa, 
And we just see Gasquarius just get the ball and just dribble across players and just easily slot the ball into the back net. I feel that's the first thing we should do. We see an open opportunity, pass that ball up front. Because with the players that we have up front, they're definitely capable of getting on a one-on-one with the goalkeeper and just slot the ball into the back of the net. I feel we shouldn't take time to accommodate ourselves, knowing that, you know, it always the game. It's like, all right, what are we going to do first? It should be the thing in your head. Let's score a goal immediately. Let's get the thing. Let's get the floodgates open and start getting goals in there immediately. I don't want this to be a game where we want to get FC Quest on the counterattack because I'm afraid if we do let that happen, they can actually score a goal and then all hell is going to break loose and the players are going to be like, what are we going to do now? Obviously, we yeah. can score a goal, but how? Because if we let a team like Quiet, like I want to say no disrespect to them again, they got some. They have. They made new signs this season, and they look to be a good squad. I could say. I'd say they'll they'll be up there mid table. Don't give this. Don't give the team the um the opportunity to get a goal in there early. Because if Aston Quiet get get a shot at any single point in the game, they're gonna make the most out of it. And like last time, it was a one zero win that. Many America Femini fans were not satisfied with, and we let this exact same team get way more chances than we're supposed to. Limit this team to gain chances, score from the get-go, go all out on them, keep scoring goals until they cannot have an answer um, for um, America Femini. I like it, and I like your approach. It's it, it's very, uh, you know, direct to the point. I think that's what America Femini needs for the most part. A very kind of direct uh kind of concept of okay gotta go out there gotta score gotta keep going gotta score some more um and i i think a very simple approach in that sense in a very clear approach definitely might help us in the long run here but i do agree with you aj i think this is a game where america from has to go out there get that early goal make sure the floodgates open and then completely wash fc juarez out of the ballpark here um, I do feel that FC Juarez will get maybe one or two chances. That's where I think the defense needs to tighten up as 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 uh, as much as possible. It will be interesting to see how Janelle uh, Farias fares off against uh, against FC Juarez. Not to say that I think she'll have a lot to do, but it will be interesting to do to see what she can uh, maybe do on the attacking side of things rather than just the defending side. Um, so yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, AJ, talk to me a little bit more in regards to your prediction on Monday's game. I'm gonna go with the score line of three zero for America Family. Zero. Okay, okay. I like it. I like it. Uh I'm gonna go two zero. I think that we get some pretty good goals in, but I don't think that the floodgates necessarily open. But who knows? Maybe we stay here and we're talking about a seven nil victory uh, of America. I would Come love next. that, please and thank you. And may that be in Daniela Danny Flo does get it does get some play time, but she scored a hat trick. I'll cop her jersey immediately from the get-go. She got the number nine. <laughs> that's a big number you're holding because that Huge number nine, number. that's Lucero Cuevas' number, who was the former all-time leading goal scorer for America Feminine. So wearing that number, know who wore that, and you're expected to replicate and, and, and replicate the same performance that Lucero Cuevas gave us when she was at her time in America. Okay, interesting. Well, let us know what you guys think in regards to this game. And if you guys uh, make sure you guys want to keep up with everything in regards to Lady Aguilas and that match, you guys can follow us over on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at EY Podcast. Again, that is at EY Podcast on all social media platforms. Again, we'll be keeping you guys up to date with all things Lady Aguilas, live tweets, updates in regards to the match, uh, 
you know, graphics, podcast alerts, all that good stuff. If you guys don't want to miss a second of it, go ahead and uh, follow us over on, on, on our social media platforms because uh, AJ loves to interact with all of you guys during game day. Yes, so, I do. Uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up, AJ. Uh, anything else to really talk about in regards to the ladies? Um, Just one more thing. Want to give a happy birthday to American manager Leonardo Coya. As much as we criticize about him, he did a lot for this team. He got us the very first, he got us our very first title in 2018 playing against Diaz Feminine. It has gave us numerous American Feminine squads that brought a lot of excitement, lots of goals, and great moments into this team. And he has done a lot for the game of women's soccer in Mexico. So just wanted to say happy birthday to Leonardo Cuellar. Happy birthday, Leo Cuellar. We know you're listening to this. Uh, hashtag also Cuellar out if you don't win against FC Juarez, but that's going to be a whole different and... topic. Okay, so I hope you're enjoying your birthday. I hope you have a good one, and I hope that you guys get those three points to cap off a pretty good birthday, I would have to say. You know? How old is he turning? 34? <laughs> um, he's up there in age. But the only thing he's really missing was just the, the nice afro he had back then when he was playing. If he still had that afro today, man. Oh man, I think I, I think we'd let a lot a lot of slip. A, a man with an afro like that coaching America Feminine, it's okay if they lose a couple games. I mean, <laughs> a man's got an afro. Like, come on. <laughs> Talk about managers with gray hair. I mean, Solari's got some very good head and shoulder commercial hair. I mean, can you imagine Leo Cuellar being like, well, yeah, can you trump this though? I got an afro. <laughs> definitely alrighty then well that pretty much wraps it up for us here we'll be back next week to talk things all Lady Aguilas on Thursday again at the same time as always 7pm Pacific time 9 central 10 eastern and uh, yeah that pretty much wraps it up for us AJ thank you again for coming alongside hope you're having a good uh, January hopefully February is even better for us as America Feminine fans and uh, yeah keep it a close eye on the ladies will be an interesting one Always well being. Thank you so much, Ivan. As always, always love talking everything, Lady Aguilas, and for all things with Club America on the men's side. All righty, then, you guys. Uh, we'll be back next week, of course, on Tuesday to talk everything in regards to the men's. Again, Thursday will be for the ladies. Okay, with that said, I hope you guys have a wonderful night. I hope you guys are staying safe. I hope that you guys are getting closer and closer to getting that vaccine. And uh, I hope that you guys enjoy the match, uh, whether it be Saturdays against Monterrey or, of course, the most important one, which is going to be Monday against uh, FC Juarez. Again, thank you guys for, uh, you know, making this a possibility. Thank you to Foot Call. Everyone listening, everyone watching, you guys are the best. Okay, AJ, with that said, you guys have a wonderful night. Until next time, take care. And as always, Arriba la America. Good night. Ladies and gentlemen, this was another production of the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one source for all things Club America in English. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Eagle Eye Podcast and get all the latest news and coverage. And subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you may listen.